Welcome back, Missio family. Today, you'll hear Pastor Josh talk about how God gives everyone a talent to steward. He gives us gifts to use for His purposes, and they are not just for ourselves. If you have any questions about Missio, you'd like to join a missional community, or you have any prayer requests, please contact us at missio.life. So good morning. Glad that you are here today with us on this holiday weekend, graduation time. And we're going to jump into the message. But before we do, I just, would you guys stop and pray with me about something right now? A a prayer request was shared with me just a few minutes ago about a little boy named Eli, who's between three and four, and he's having silent seizures. So can we just stop and pray for him? Would you just join me in praying for Eli right now? God, we lift up this boy to you. And God, we don't know what's going on in his, his body, but you do. And so we pray that you'd be with his family, that you would, um, God, just protect him and that they'd be able to figure out what's going on. And Lord, we just pray that the seizures would stop and that this little boy would be okay. So be with Eli, be with his parents. And we just ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Thank you for doing that. Um, so we're glad that you're here. And we're in week two of a series called A Generous Life. Living generously. Everybody wants to be generous, right? You want to be known as a generous person. And so um, we talked last week a little bit about how to be generous, to live generously, we need a bit of a mindset change. We can't have a scarcity mindset that says, I don't have enough time, or I don't have enough talent, I'm not enough, or I don't have enough money. Because when we live with the scarcity mindset, it's almost impossible to be generous, isn't it? It's really hard to live generously with a scarcity mindset. So today we're talking about how we can be generous with our talent. We talked about time last week. Today is talent. Have you guys ever noticed how many TV shows there are about talent? Like, America's Got Talent, Britain's Got Talent, uh, you know, then you've got the, the singing shows, The Voice, American Idol, and... And if you go way back, now some of you are probably not old enough to realize this, but do anybody remember a show called Star Search? Right? Ran in 1983 to 1995 with Ed McMahon, Star Search. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's <laughs> so many shows about talent. We love talent. We love to celebrate what people are good at. And now we have the internet, and we have YouTube, and we have TikTok, and we have... Oh my goodness, the dude perfect guys doing all the the trick shots, right? I'm sure we've got some people who have been influenced by them because if any of you have kids, you know the whole bottle flipping. Are we done with bottle flipping? Is it still going? My goodness, it's the worst sound ever. Kathunk, kathunk. And so I thought maybe we were done with it. My kids have stopped doing it for the most part. But um, anyway, what am I talking about? Talent. So we love talent. We love to celebrate what people are good at. And, and maybe you don't want to have a YouTube channel. Maybe you don't want to be on a reality TV show. But the reality is that God has given every person some talent. Everybody in this room has talent. You have abilities that God has given you. And, and what talent is, is it's that thing that comes naturally. Like you're just good at it. And maybe you don't even realize how good you are at it. But the people around you are like, man, that's, that's just natural for you. Give you an example. Um, I don't think he's here this morning, but many of you know Bill and Bill Hawkins, and he's been in a, a missional community with us for a couple of years. And Bill is a really good cook. He is amazing. And so, like, he'll bring a side dish or a 
or a dessert. Some of you are nodding. You know what I'm talking about. He'll bring something and you're like, dang, Bill, like, how did you make this? He goes, I don't know. I didn't have a recipe. I just kind of took some, you know, like some onions and I caramelized them and took some vinegar and whipped it up and made this like egg white thing. And you know that I'm not good at cooking because none of that made any sense. (laughs) But he just whips this thing up and he makes this amazing creation. He goes, yeah, it wasn't a big deal. And I'm like, no, it was. I think you could be a professional chef if you wanted to. You're that good at it. And so some of you have talents that maybe you don't realize or you're good at things. They just come natural. The people around you notice it. And wasted talent's kind of a sad thing too, isn't it? Sometimes people have abilities, gifting that that either they don't recognize or they know they have it and they just kind of put it on the shelf. They're like, yeah, I just don't want to use that ability. But God gives us our talents to be used for his purposes. And so everybody's got talent. So today we're going to go to a passage of scripture that's maybe not the, the typical uh, passage for using your talent. A lot of, I would have thought maybe the parable of the talents, like Jesus taught on that. We're going to the Old Testament, okay? So we're going to go back to the book of Exodus. So if you have a Bible and you want to get to Exodus 35, we're going to read that in a minute. You can just take that down for, for a sec. I want to set this up before we read this passage of Scripture. So what's happened is the people of Israel, God's chosen people, were in slavery in Egypt, right? And so they were being forced to make bricks and to do all this labor for the Egyptians. And God said, no, no, I'm going to get my people out of Israel. No longer are you going to be slaves. And so God sent his guy Moses to go and rescue the people of Israel to lead them out of Egypt to a promised land. And so if you know the story of Moses, he went in and he did all these miracles. God gave him the power to do all these miracles to prove to Pharaoh that these were God's people and they needed to leave. They needed to be getting out of Egypt. And so Moses even led the people when they left through the Red Sea. God parted the Red Sea so that they could uh, cross over on dry land. And then the army came behind and the water swallowed up the Egyptians. So God had proven that these were his people and that he was with them and he was going to protect them. Well, the people, uh, they're wandering about out in the, in the desert. You know, they're like vagabonds. And so there's this massive group of people moving through the desert and God is traveling with them. But God says, I need a place to dwell. I need a dwelling place as I'm with you because I'm a holy God and you're an unholy people and we got to kind of work on this. So God had invited Moses to come up to Mount Sinai, and God gave Moses what we call the Ten Commandments, right? Stone tablets. And so Moses had spent a little too much time, evidently, on the mountain, because when he got down, people had lost their minds. They're worshiping a golden calf. They made a statue, an idol, and and Moses is ticked. He breaks the tablets. He said, what are you doing? We just came out of a pagan nation that worshiped idols with the one true living God doing all these miracles, and now we're going back to worshiping idols? Anyway, 3,000 people died. There's a lot more to the story, but Moses goes back up to the mountain a second time. And God says, I'm going to give you the tablets. Don't break them this time. And so he comes down and with the Ten Commandments the second time, but God also gave him the instructions for the tabernacle. So the tabernacle was God's dwelling place as they moved throughout the desert. Now we know about the temple, which was many, many years later, but this was the portable version of the temple. This was like, uh, 
you know, portable church, right? So you set up, tear down type of thing. And so they're moving through the desert. So that's the setup to where we're at before we read this text. I just want you to kind of understand that. It'll make a lot more sense. So God gave Moses all the directions. This is how to build the tabernacle, okay? So let's go to Exodus 35, and this is starting in 25. And I'm in the NLT today, so if you want to switch that on your phone, if that's more helpful, you can do that. All right, this is what it says. All the women who were skilled in sewing and spinning prepared blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine linen cloth. And all the women who were willing used their skills to spin the goat hair into yarn. The leaders brought onyx stones and the special gemstones to be set in the ephod of the priest chess piece. They also brought spices and olive oil for light, the anointing oil, and the fragrant incense. So the people of Israel, every man and woman who was eager to help in the work of the Lord, had given them through Moses, brought their gifts, and gave them freely to the Lord. Then Moses told the people of Israel, The Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. The Lord has filled Bezalel with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom and ability and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. And the Lord has given both him and Aholiab, son of Ahizamach, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach their skills to others. The Lord has given them special skills as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet thread on fine linen cloth and weavers. They excel as craftsmen and designers. The Lord has gifted Bezalel, Aholiab, and the other skilled craftsmen with wisdom and the ability to perform any task in the building of the sanctuary. Let them construct and furnish the tabernacle just as the Lord commanded. So Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab and the others who were specially gifted by the Lord and were eager to get to work. Moses gave them materials donated by the people of Israel as sacred offerings for the completion of the sanctuary. But the people continued to bring additional gifts each morning. Finally, the craftsmen who were working on the sanctuary left their work. They went to Moses and reported, the people have given more than enough materials to complete the job so the Lord is, that the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave the command, and this message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women, don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. So the people stopped bringing their sacred offerings. Their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. I know that was kind of a long text, but I want you to see the picture of people bringing offerings, right, material offerings, and the gifts that God had given them, their talents. So God wanted to establish a new thing in the midst of Israel. He was making a dwelling place. This is where he would dwell. He would meet with Moses, and Joshua would come along, and they would meet with God in the tent of meeting, they called it, or the tabernacle. And so God gave them these instructions. This is how I want you to build it. By the way, you already have a bunch of skilled people in your group that can build it. And so God could have built it any number of ways. We know that God's created some things just by the breath of his mouth, his words, right? He spoke the world into creation. Could have done it that way, didn't do it that way. God could have used one guy to do it. We know that Noah was kind of a special dude with his boat project, right? 
God used one person pretty much to build a huge boat. But God chose to use the group. He said, I'm going to use your gifting and your resources to put together this tabernacle, this dwelling place. This is something special that I'm doing, and I'm going to include all of you. So God gives people their gifts. God gives gifts, and He intends for us to use them collectively, right, for His glory and for the benefit of the people around us. So we read about the very beginning of our passage. We read about the women who were good at spinning thread and and sewing. So these were the ladies who had a sewing room at home, right? Like they had the really fancy sewing machine. And some of you ladies in here, you got a really fancy sewing machine. And it's like got the computer controls. And I don't know what you call that. Like in construction, we talk about like if it's in woodwork or metalwork, it's a CNC machine. What do you call it in sewing? Is it just like a a smart sewing machine or I don't know, hook up your computer to it. You can do all the embroidery, you know, and put the kids' names on their underwear or whatever. But, but these, are the, these are the ladies who are good at sewing and they're the ones who are doing the spinning of the thread and the sewing of, of the fabrics. And then we read about Bezalel and Aholiab. These were like the foreman of the project. These guys were super skilled in all kinds of crafts. They were good at stonework and metalwork and, and engraving. And they were like gifted, but not only gifted themselves to do all the work, they were teaching other people, hey, you've got talent. I'm going to draw that out. You're going to help and you're going to be a part over here and you're going to do this. So God used them to lead the project, but he used all of their gifts together to complete the work of the tabernacle. And so God still uses today people's skills to accomplish his purposes. God used them back then in the Old Testament. He's still doing it now. And so we can fast forward to um, Paul in Romans 12, verse 4. He says, for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. So let us use them. So Paul's saying, you've all got different giftings, right? We're one body, so use them in accordance to what God has given you. I know it's a little bit different. You can start to split hairs a little bit, right? Because spiritual gifts are something that God gives to us when we're converted. When we believe in Jesus and the Spirit comes to dwell in our hearts, He gives every believer spiritual gifts, Talents are a little bit different. Every human being has talent, whether you know Jesus or not. God has given all of us talents. And then skills are development of our talents, right? We learn how to do things. So we can split hairs about what's what, but here's the point. Everything that God has given us, all those abilities are for his purposes. He's given them to us because he wants us to have them. They're gifts given to us for his glory and for the benefit of others. So God gives talents to everyone in some measure, and God gave you your abilities for his purpose. Look at what it says about Bezalel. He has filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, with all craftsmanship to devise artistic design. So God had just filled this guy. He was super, super gifted. But God is the giver of our gifts, and I think we need to remember that. Because sometimes people start to take credit for their own gifting. They say, man, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty smart. I'm pretty talented. And it becomes a source of pride. It's just to come back and say, God, you give all gifts 
thank you for giving those. There's an anonymous quote that says, too much ego will kill your talent, right? So God gives you your ability to do some special things, to contribute to the building of his kingdom, the building of his church. Similar to what God did with the tabernacle. He took all these different people and their abilities. He said, I want you to build this for me. God's inviting us into a similar type of thing right now. So it all starts with recognition that God is the giver of the gifts. So I want to pause for uh, a couple of questions here, discussion. This is something we do if you've never been with us. Uh, We're a family. We like to talk about things a little bit. So uh, let's put up that first question. What are some of the talents that God has given you? And I know some of you are really uncomfortable right now. Oh, I can't talk about my talents. That's pride. No. If God's given you a talent, it's okay, right? So what are some of the talents that God has given you? Anybody want to share what they think their talent is? Nobody's got any talent? Oh, go ahead. Singing. Oh, yeah, Christian's a good singer. Anyone think Christian's a good singer? I think so. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. What else? What other talents do we have? Sewing. Sewing. Do you have the fancy machine with the... I would be so lost with one of those. What else? Say it again. Drawing. Yeah. Artistic, right? Drumming. Cooking. So you can maybe take stuff from scratch and just whip it up and create. It's awesome. I do not have the talent of cooking. I make a mean frozen pizza... Corn dogs, got those, right? So the second question is, why do you think some people want to take credit for their abilities? Kind of the flip side of that, right? Why, why do people want to take credit for their abilities? Yeah, they're good at it, but is it their... Yeah. Pride creeps in, right? And we say, man, it's me. Look at me, I'm so good. Because they forget where it comes from, right? It comes from God. And I think when we realize that, what does that bring? What's the opposite of pride? Humility. humility. It brings a humility to say, this is a gift that God gave me. I didn't just earn it or I didn't create it. I maybe developed it. Skills are great, but we have to cultivate what God has given us, right? So the people of Israel, they all pitched in to bring their gifts and use their abilities for the construction of the tabernacle. It took all of them together the people who were sewing and the people who were engraving and the people who were doing all the stuff, they worked together and they accomplished something great. Look at what it says in verse 6 and 7. So Moses gave the command and this message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women, don't bring any more gifts. Don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. So the people stopped bringing their sacred offerings. Their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. And so he had to tell them, guys, throttle it down. Like you're bringing too much stuff. Isn't that a cool picture of generosity? The people, and I know it's talking about material stuff. They're bringing the resources. But I think this principle of generosity carries through. That even though they were talking about uh, material things, it's the same way with our talents. Like if everybody pitches in, there's more than enough. Right? There's more than enough. And and I... um, I think God's 
building his church. And, and so this was the tabernacle. God's building his church, and he wants to use all of us to do that. When I say building the church, I'm not talking about the building, right? Is the church a building? No, the church is people. So God's building his kingdom, his people, and he invites us to be a part of that. We get to be a part of it. And so it's not just about four walls and a roof. It's about uh, the kingdom that's expanding and it's all around us. And so together we can do so much more if we all use our talents, our gifts together than we could on our own. God's building his church and he uses us, our talents and abilities to contribute. Some of you have been a part of other churches over the years and you probably know what it feels like when a few people do all the work. Anybody been there? Because you know what it does is it burns the people out that are doing the work, doesn't it? There's a few people that serve and everybody else just kind of, ah, whatever, just kind of hanging out. And so it takes everybody contributing and when everybody shows up and uses their gifts and, and, and gives their time, like we talked about last week, there's more than enough. It's a, it's a beautiful picture of how we can be. And I want to be known, Missy e. O, I want to be known as a church that's generous. Don't you? Do you want to be a part of a church that's generous? I want to be known as a people who have time. We're not too busy. We're available. We can listen to people's needs. We can meet needs. I want to be a church that's known that we're generous with our talents. Like, man, you've got some great people over there. Yeah, we do. And, and they're willing to serve and to use their abilities. They're generous with their abilities and their talents. I don't want to be a people who's known as we're generous with finances as well. We're, we're giving money away. We're helping people. We're doing whatever we can to further the kingdom. I want to be known as a generous church. And I think we can do that, but it takes all of us, right? We all have to buy into that idea of being generous. And so with, with everyone living generously, there is more than enough. Moses, I love that. He had to tell people, hey, just pump the brakes. Appreciate your heart, but we got enough stuff now. And we just need to slow down because the craftsmen are getting overworked. You're dropping off too many gifts. So I think we have a lot of talent in this room that is probably being underutilized. And I don't say that to shame anybody. Uh, I want to encourage you. If you've got talents, if you've got gifts, God's given those to you to use them. And they benefit other people when you do that. And I think there's also this misconception that if you have a talent, the only way you can use it for God is if you're here on Sunday morning using it, right? And I don't want to discourage anyone from serving. We need people serving for our gatherings on Sunday morning. But there's a lot of ways to use your talents and your gifting because the kingdom's all around us, right? We're not the church only for an hour on Sunday morning. We're the church all the time. And so wherever you find yourself, use your gifts and use them for God's glory and for the benefit of others. So maybe you need a little bit of help identifying what you're good at. Maybe some of us are pretty self-aware. Maybe you're a little bit my, like my friend Bill, and you're like, I don't know. I just throw things in, in the oven, and it comes out. And it's like, no, dude, you're good at that. So maybe you need some people around you, your family and friends, to, to tell you what you're good at. Because people close to you know your gifts. They know your talents, your abilities, right? And so um, recognizing them is the first thing. But then it also comes back to the heart. The heart motivation. Look at verse 29. So the people of Israel, every man and woman who was eager to help in the work of the Lord had given them through Moses, brought their gifts and gave them freely to the Lord. 
There's a word in there that I want you to pay attention to. Freely. Gave them freely. That word freely speaks of a heart posture, doesn't it? They weren't like, ah, Moses is over here twisting our arms. We got to do this thing. It was like, no, they brought them freely. There was, a, there was a heart posture. Scripture tells us that God loves a cheerful giver. In 1 Corinthians 9, it says, Each one must give as he has decided in his own heart, not reluctant or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so living generously with our talents means that we recognize they come from God and that we're going to share them with others. We're ready to freely give them, right? We're not going to hoard them for ourselves. And I think there's probably multiple reasons why people don't use their talents, right? That we can kind of talk ourselves out of it. And, and I think um, it starts with the wrong mindset. If we're struggling to use our talents, we talked last week about time. And when we think scarcity mindset, I don't have enough time. Well, that's not true. God has given us more than enough time to live the life that he intended for us to live. Maybe we don't have enough time to do everything we want to do, right, or everything we've jammed into our schedules, but God has given us more than enough time to live the life that he intended. We even have Sabbath, right? Go take a nap. Go rest. God said you can even build that into your schedule. And the same is true with our talents, that God has given us just the right amount of talent that he intended for us. Sometimes we think, well, I'm not gifted enough, or I'm not good enough. And again, that's a scarcity mindset. We're telling ourselves, I'm not enough. God says, no, you are. I've given you just what I want you to have, so steward it well. Use it. Sometimes we get jealous of people who maybe have the same gifting as us, but maybe apparently more of that talent, right? So before I stepped into this role of... um, church planner, I was a worship pastor. And so I've been involved with music for most of my life um, since I was a kid. And I know God's given me talent in music. And so, you know, just being around music and musicians, I know we have a number of you in here that are musicians. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, Sometimes our egos get involved and sometimes we start comparing ourselves to others and we can start to just feel crummy or or get jealousy in our hearts and just kind of takes it to some icky places. When I started, um, went, to mu- went to school for music at Minot State, when I got there, I realized how many talented people there were. And I'm like, man, that's one thing I learned as a musician. There's always somebody better than you. I'm just going to tell you. Like, don't want to burst your bubble. There's always somebody better, somebody with more talent, somebody who's further down the line, someone who can sing better, someone who can play better. And it can eat your lunch emotionally if you always compare yourself to others. And so what I learned is that, hey, God's given me a gift to steward. I'm going to develop it. I'm going to use it. And I'm going to be the best me that I can be. And I'm not going to worry about comparing to other people or trying to rank us on some kind of a system. And that is incredibly freeing. So let me just, just learn from my example. If you have a talent, no matter what it is, don't compare yourself to someone who has the same talent. If you're good at numbers or math or, I don't know, sports, Don't compare yourself with others. Just try to be better. Try to continue growing that ability that God has given you and be the best you that you can be. So stop comparing yourself. And sometimes um, the other thing people do is they uh, they just think their gifts aren't needed. Ah, nobody needs my gift. I'm just going to kind of put it on the shelf. I'm just going to, you know, stack it over here. And God doesn't give us our gifts to be shelved. 
He gives us our gifts to be used, right, for the benefit of others and to glorify Him. And so I just want to encourage you, don't sit back and say, well, somebody else is probably better at this or somebody else will probably do it first. No, just use your gift. That's why God gave it to you. And He loves it when our motivation, the motivation of our heart is in the right place. Rick Warren said this, God isn't interested in how much you give in life. He cares about why you give and how you give. God cares about your motivation, your heart. Above everything else in living generously, God wants our heart, doesn't He? That's what He wants. So let's stop here. Two more questions for discussion, then we're going to wrap this up. First one is this. Why do you think God wants us to be generous with our talents? What do you think? Say that again. It glorifies God. How does it glorify God? Showing what he has given to us. Yeah, because he's the giver, right? So it, it shows where it came from. What else? Holy Spirit reflex? Or did you say reflux? Reflex? Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. So yeah, the more we flex that muscle, the more we use those talents, the more it just becomes a natural thing that we're like, hey, I'm going to do this to glorify God, right? Yeah. Anyone else? Came from back there. To encourage others. Yeah, God doesn't give us our gifts just for our own benefit. He gives it for the benefit of the many, right? Yeah, so cool. I'm glad God did that. I'm glad he knew that it's not healthy for me to just hoard my own gifts, right? Second question, how does the posture of the heart affect the use of our talents? Does it? And how so? Are we using our gifts for ourselves or to bless others? Yeah, it's kind of in either an inward focus or an outward focus of the heart, right? Like, and probably depends on where we're going to use the talents. So, because we can use our talents for our own benefit and just for the benefit of me, or we can say, no, I'm actually going to share them with other people as well, right? See, everyone has some talent that God has given them. And it's true, some people are more gifted, more talented than others, but every human, every person that God has made in His image has talent. They have some abilities. And so again, I think sometimes we get stuck in this very narrow mindset that I just have to use my stuff. If I want to use it for God, it has to be here in the four walls of this space. And I just want to encourage you to see it bigger. Whatever your gifting is, use it for God's glory. Use it for the work of the kingdom. Hopefully here, yeah, great, but also outside of these walls as we leave here, as we scatter. So I made a, uh, a list of talents because maybe you're sitting there, you're going, I don't have any talents or my talents are not relevant, whatever. I mean, and so I, this isn't an exhaustive list, but I want to share a few of these with you. Maybe get your wheels turning a little bit. So the first one is artistic talents. So like acting, painting, graphic design, playing an instrument, woodworking. So most of these we can do in a Sunday service, maybe not the woodworking and maybe we'll turn a turning lathe over in the corner, I don't know, but... But you can use these gifts for God's glory and for others' benefit. The next one is sports. Some of you are, are good runners. 
You're good at softball or baseball or basketball, football, coaching, right? You can benefit other people by using your gifting. You're just naturally good at these things. How about academics? Maybe you're a good problem solver, good with math. I'm not good at math. Maybe you've got that entrepreneurship kind of mindset or you're a teacher or a writer. Use your gifts. Use them for God's glory and for others' benefits. Or maybe you're just really good with people. You've got interpersonal talents like listening to others, leadership, public speaking, humor. Some of you are very funny. So just use your gifts, whatever they are. And again, this isn't an exhaustive list, but spend some time thinking about it and say, God, what have you given me that maybe I've put on the shelf? Maybe I haven't put into practice and maybe there's room for me to use my talents and to be generous. Because again, when we recognize that God is the giver, he's the one who gives us our abilities and we say, thank you, God. How do you want to use this? And we all start to contribute together. We find out there's more than enough. Again, I think there's a lot of talent in this room that we've not tapped into. So I encourage you today, what's your talent? I'd love to hear about it, by the way, after the service. Share it with me. Maybe we find some role for you to serve or maybe we think outside the box and we come up with, I don't know. I mean, I even know like the sewing thing. We had a, um, a sewing club. Where's Ruth? You did, you did a thing over at the school. That was so cool and taught those kids how to, oh, it was crocheting. Sorry, very different. <laughs> taught the kids how to crochet like for the glory of God. Like that's awesome. So God wants to use your gifts. He's given them to you for the benefit of his kingdom and others. So I just want to encourage you today and, and uh, think about what God's stirring in your heart. God, what do you want me to use? How do you want me to use it? And may it all be for his glory. Amen? Let's pray together. God, thanks so much for today. Thanks for the opportunity to be here, to worship you. And Lord, thank you that you are the giver of every good gift. They come down from you. And so Lord, let us not squander our gifts. Let us not waste our talents, but use them for your purposes, to build your kingdom. And Lord, we saw how Moses and the people used their talents to build the tabernacle and accomplish something great, and there was more than enough. And so Lord, let us as a church, as a people, be generous with what you've given to us. And we know that you're going to provide and that there'll be more than enough as we rely on you and as we exercise the talents that you've given us. And so we say thank you. We say, God, you're good. Thanks for loving us. Thanks for being so kind and so good to us. And we give it all back to you with a heart of praise, a heart of worship, a heart of humility. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please stand as we close in song? Josh left us with a few takeaways from today's service. God gives people gifts. God still uses people's skills to accomplish His purposes. God gives talents to everyone in some measure. God gave you your abilities for His purposes. It all starts with recognition that God is the giver of gifts. More than enough. God is building His church and He uses us with our talents and our abilities to contribute. When everyone lives generously, there is more than enough. The right motivation. Living generously with our talents comes from a heart that is ready to share them with others. We have the exact amount of talent that God intended for us. 
Our talents are not meant to sit on a shelf. They are meant to be used. Discussion questions. What are some of the talents God has given you? Why do you think it's hard for some people to take credit for their abilities? Why do you think God wants us to be generous with our talents? How does the posture of our heart affect the use of our talent? Thanks again for listening, Missio family. We'll see you again next week.